Welcome to Talking Facts, and thank you for tuning in to Kentucky Smiles on Talking Facts, a podcast collaboration between the University of Kentucky College of Dentistry and the UK College of Agriculture, Food and Environment Cooperative Extension Service. Kentucky Smiles offers listeners information on maintaining oral health, advancements in dental treatments, research, and more. Hello, and welcome to Kentucky Smiles on Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. David Weisenhorn, Senior Extension Specialist for Parenting and Child Development for the University of Kentucky College of Agriculture, Food, and Environment. Today, we're highlighting Children's Dental Health Month, and I am pleased to welcome Dr. Christina Perez, Division Chief of Pediatric Dentistry at the University of Kentucky. Good morning, Dr. Perez. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for being a part of this today. You're very welcome. I have to inform you that uh, my father-in-law was a pediatric dentist orthodontist, so really, um, I'm equipped with enough uh, information <laughs> to be dangerous, right? Like I, re- I really don't. More, more curiosities than anything, and I uh, know that I have uh, a pediatric dentist who is near and dear to me, so you're in safe hands. That's so cool. Okay, well, I didn't know that. So uh, today we're talking about pediatric trauma. Tell me more about that. Pediatric dental trauma is one of the big reasons that we exist, I think. That's what it feels like sometimes. Pediatric dental trauma is prevalent. You know, it starts when kids are itty-bitty tiny and they're starting to move around. The first thing I feel like goes are the teeth. Just, you know, it's in front of their face. Their head seems to weigh more than the rest of their body. So... Yeah, we start seeing a lot of trauma when kids are starting to mobilize and move around. And then we continue seeing trauma as they progress and they start playing sports. And just a lot of people don't know that there are things that we can do to prevent this, you know, like mouth guards and things like that that are not usually worn. So pediatric dental trauma is very prevalent. There's a lot of things that we could do to inform people to help um, so that there isn't that much, but it's relatively prevalent. I understand that. I see that uh, just in my own children. I have two children and my children's friends live in the neighborhood and they're young. And truth be told, I've seen them. Actually, one of them's got a brown tooth uh, in learning to ride a bicycle, right? Had a helmet, uh, was riding with pads and and fell over and and took the facial. And uh, yeah, banged that front tooth and, and it's brown. And so I'm thinking to myself, As a parent and and wondering when we have toddlers and they're crawling in the house, what are some simple things that we might be able to do to safeguard ourselves from this this, uh, dental trauma? Yeah. So there are things that you can do inside the house, you know, to prevent when little ones are moving around to see what is at their level. For example, coffee tables, things that are just right at where they're starting to move and sort of prevent that, move those away from the middle of the room into the side of the room and things like that. Um, Always keep an eye on them, of course. That type of thing is important. I would say when they're little and itty bitty, keeping a good eye on them um, as they're starting to mobilize, move things out of their way so that they're not right in their area of like the mouth and head. That helps a whole bunch. And just being very mindful of where they are at all times is important. Blocking the stairways, you know, <laughs> they'll tumble down. Uh, I do remember teaching my kids when they're going down the stairs, we would like sit on each step one at a time together and then just go to the next one and go to the next one. <laughs> and that turned into just sliding down, you know, yeah, but head that's first, right. not head first at least. So that's an easy thing to do. And then as they're getting older, just be really mindful of working with your pediatric dentist or with anybody about mouth guards. In a lot of sports, they're mandatory. So football, I think it is mandatory. I know lacrosse is mandatory because my kid played, but 
baseball, it isn't mandatory. And so, you know, I've tried for my kids to use when they play baseball, even if not a mouth guard, there's these uh, like C straps, I think they're called. So they just, they're hooked onto the helmet and they just protect that side of the mouth when they're hitting. Um, And that's important, especially at the beginning, because, you know, they don't, the kids that are pitching don't have really good control of, of the ball. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that always kind of scared me a little bit about baseball when I was a child. I thought, man, this, this kid right here might not like me. What if he's throwing that ball right at me? <laughs> no, but you, you you bring up a really good point that I think some of the, the parents might want to key into in that when our children begin. So it sounds like early on that two, three year old, it's kind of just innate in that developmental stage of just tumbling down and just being a toddler, right? We toddle, we waddle, we fall and trying to move some of the obstacles in the house that might have, might, might cause some of that dental injury. But as that child begins to advance and, and go into sports, are there specific sports that are maybe, maybe more dangerous than, than others? Yeah. So statistics show that basketball and baseball are the big ones. And you would think, you know, football more than anything, but football has the helmet and I guess they're more regulated, but basketball really doesn't have that. There's no requirement of mouth guards, but you know how physical that is, especially when kids get older, there's a lot of pushing and, and shoving and hands um, to the face and things like that. So those are the two big ones. Okay. So in, in just a, you're saying a bite guard. Now I know when I go to the dentist, they have specific bite guards, but I think that's more for like sleeping and grinding teeth, would it, would a bite right. guard that you can pick up at the local CVS or Walgreens or maybe Walmart, would that work? Mm-hmm. So there are different levels of bite guards. So the custom made um, are the ones that we make in our office. Now, those are wonderful. They're perfect. Obviously, they have a cost associated to it, but most insurances will pay for that. So parents sometimes don't know that. We go through a pre-authorization pro- process and then those bite guards get made. Now, I would recommend those for kids that have sort of finished losing their baby teeth, you know, when they're 12, 13 or 14, that way you don't have to spend each year on a new one of these mouth guards. And you're right. These are very different from the ones that you use for grinding. These are soft. And then, so those are the custom made. Then from that, you go on to the, I guess the, the better of the two that you can get over the counter is it called a boil and bite. Um, so the boil and bite ones adapt better to the teeth because you put them in hot water and then you sort of mold around your, your teeth and those last a little bit longer and they stay in a little bit longer. Um, and those are good for the kids who are going through transitional dentition because, you know, they lose a tooth. It doesn't matter. It still fits. It's still, you know, 25 bucks. It's not that bad. And then finally, over the counter, there's ones that are stock. So those just, those just go on top of the teeth. They foul out really quick, really easily. There's, it's hard to talk. You know, there's a mouthful. Those are the levels. Now, all of those will, are going to protect. So whatever fits your budget and your needs, as long as you put something between your teeth, it's helpful. That's great. And so I'm thinking about, and I want to play Chevel's advocate in, in saying that. So we're talking about maybe baby teeth or, or primary teeth and then versus adult teeth. So if I'm thinking about a two or three-year-old and they bang their tooth, what if I say no big deal? I mean, they're, they're going to get another one, right? The adult's going to come in. Is it that important that I that I take my child to see a, a dentist when m- maybe that trauma happens initially? Right. Well, that's a great question because yes, they are baby teeth. We're going to lose them eventually. But if you have a baby tooth that is traumatized towards the inside of the mouth, then you have to think there's a developing permanent tooth right beside that one. So we really need to know if it is touching it, you know, fractured into it, 
we're doing something to that permanent tooth that's developing. So yeah, you know, we know that we're going to lose these teeth and sometimes it's no big deal. But when the tooth gets pushed up into the permanent tooth, then yeah, that that is a big deal. And it's a good idea for an x-ray to be taken at least to know if there is damage to the permanent tooth. And then the other thing is that sometimes the baby tooth looks perfect. You look at it from the front, it looks great, but you really haven't looked at it from the inside. And sometimes the fracture is towards the tongue side. And if that happens, that tooth could easily start hurting, get infected. And although it looks perfect, really, it's not that perfect. So yes, I think it's it's good not to freak out, but it's also good to be vigilant. And maybe you can even call your dentist and say, hey, this happened. What, what am I looking for? Should I be scared or not? And I think yeah, that's I was and because I think that was begging the question for me is like, at what level of immediacy does that need to take place? You know, for instance, and and, and like I said, I'll, I'll give you the the example. My it actually happened in my driveway, but my neighbor's <laughs> son was was over. And he's just learned to go from that little taller ba- balance bike to a, a pedal bike, and didn't realize that while the pedals were nice and new, they actually, they increased the speed. And so as he was going down my driveway, he was just giving it all he had and wiggle and and lost control. And then dumped, of course, at the end of the driveway and banged that front tooth and be due to the blood, there was immediate need that we took him to the doctor, but you know, say that maybe that didn't happen. That wasn't bloody and just maybe bruised. At what level do we just say, the next time I go to the dentist, I can ask about it. Or should we make a call? Well, you know, I would go by symptoms. So usually when there's trauma enough that the kid doesn't want to eat, then you're thinking, okay, something is wrong more than just a tiny little bump on the tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go by symptoms and I would look at the tooth and I would see if there's any other laceration or anything that worries you. But just a bump on the tooth doesn't really require you to go to the emergency department or even to your dentist. Um, I would say blood around the tooth is a big one and then pain and trying to avoid the tooth when eating is a second big one. And now, so it it goes even further. Now my curiosities are taking over. So if the child does have, so we will give the scenario. We've, we've gotten an injury in the mouth and now there is some soreness naturally from anything, maybe even a fat lip or something. And the Mm -hmm. child doesn't want to brush their teeth. Are, Are we okay with that? Or do we brush around that? Or what do we do? Okay. I would still try to brush. So the tooth bristles are really rigid. Sometimes we want to brush because we want to avoid cavities, you know, and on top of the inflammation, if you have cavity that's developing that that's sort of a double whammy, we don't want that. We do want the kid to brush. Now, if the injury was really severe and the kid can't even touch his face, then I would just brush around it for a couple of days. But if it isn't that bad and you really need to brush that around those teeth, then what I do is I put the toothbrush in hot water that just makes the bristles really soft and then put a little bit of toothbrush or toothpaste on it and then just go ahead and brush around those teeth. That helps a little bit to keep the teeth clean and still avoid a lot of pain. That is amazing advice because I had, now he's old enough now to where he, he brushes fine, but my youngest, absolutely, that was his fight. 100% was not brushing his teeth. This guy did not want to brush his teeth <laughs> at all. And as a concerned parent, you know, I'm thinking dollar bills. We're talking a lot about trauma that happens due to force or injury. Can we talk about, does trauma happen due to just not brushing your child's teeth or, or not taking care of your, your, your mouth or child's mouth? Well, in that case, um, yes, not trauma, but you know, you, you can, you're saying that you're sort of, 
mistreating the child because you're not brushing. Mm-hmm. I think that that makes sense too. Yeah, it's, um, I guess, a form of neglect if you think about it, right? So you want to make sure that you brush the kid's teeth. And when they're little, nobody's going to want to brush. I mean, even my kids, I which they saw me brush all the time, I had to, at the beginning, sort of hold them down and say, we're doing this. You know, it's not, there's yeah. no, yeah. if it's fun about it, we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, and they, of course, they're, they're not going to like it the first couple of days, but then eventually they're going to say, well, mom, you're going to do it anyway. I might as well cooperate. And so, yes, as soon as that first little tooth comes in at the six months, approximately, you want to start brushing it and, and they're going to hate it. Doesn't matter. Keep going. Um, and by the time all their teeth come in two, two and a half, then they'll be used to it. Great advice. And last Last thing I'll ask, because I know our time is drawing near. So when when we do take our, de- our children to the dentist for the first time, if we've had a trauma in the mouth, mm-hmm. that may even increase the anxiety or fear. And if they don't particularly like brushing to begin with, there may be some fear around yeah. going to the Are there things that we can offer our parents listening right now that might help them some, some acts that they can do that might help their children be more comfortable coming to the dentist. Sure, sure. So a lot of, of kids are scared. Logically, it's more than anything because the mouth is a very uh, important sensory organ for these kids. You know, at the beginning, they put everything inside their mouths to feel it just because their fingers don't have that tactile sensation. Anybody going into this very, very specific and important private space for the kids, you know, they're, they're going to hate it and, and they're going to be scared about it. So I think the first thing is to try to get in to see a pediatric dentist early. And I say pediatric dentist, although it could be a general dentist, but pediatric dentists have more than anything, uh, an environment that sort of calls for the kids to feel a little more comfortable. So the environment is better bringing the kid early so that they don't get too traumatized. And if they're already having tooth trauma and they're going to the dentist, obviously it's going to be very, very scary. A lot of pediatric dental practices have videos online so that the kid can look at them with mom and they can see what the office looks like and they can be a little more familiarized with it. So little by little, I say take baby steps, um, but don't avoid going just because the kid is really scared. It is a scary thing, but the earlier you do it and the more you do it, um, it just seems that it's um, it, that scariness goes away. And pediatric dentists are good at calming people down. So yeah, I think it's well, okay. Dr. Perez, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a great, uh, a great wealth of information for us. Thank you for the mouth guards and Uh, the reassurance that that our our dentists and pediatric dentists are people who care and understand that there could be some fear there early. Thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. It was a pleasure, David. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Kentucky Smiles on Talking Facts. Our goal is to provide you with knowledge to support your oral health needs. If you have suggestions for future topics, please message us on the UK College of Dentistry Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UKY Dentistry or visit our website at ukhealthcare.uky.edu forward slash dentistry for more information.